It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Oh, wow. How weird. Consequence Podcast Network. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here and checking out the series. Please do hit that subscribe button. That way you can keep up with uh, with all the interviews that we put out every single week. It's a, it's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It's Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with, and that's me, Kyle Meredith, today talking with Kimbra. She is back with a new album called A Reckoning. It's an album that finds her teaming up with uh, Ryan Lott of Sun Lux, big fan of Ryan. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, being attracted to chaos, writing more direct and less whimsical than in the past, and also being a believer in shared vulnerability. All of those traits, Kimber says, makes, uh, makes their way into this album. Uh, she's going to go on to talk about why anger and rage are important life forces, uh, the lack of good examples most women have, and how her Playing With Fire podcasts acts as a, a companion to the LP as well. All that and more, we're talking a reckoning. It's Kyle Meredith with Kimbra. Hi, Kyle. So good to be here. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you for being here. I want to throw the compliments to you. I've, I've been such a fan of what you've been doing over the past uh, a decade and more, I guess, at this point. But uh, this new record of Reckoning is such a fun listen. It's such a, a heavy listen at times. And, and, and that's always a really interesting, I don't want to say trick to pull off because I know it's not a trick. I mean, people work hard at this, but you do it so well. So my compliments right at the beginning. Thank you, man. Thank you. So let's hear about where this sets up. Um uh, this goes back. I know you, you've done this pre-pandemic and everything. You're on tour and working with uh, with Ryan at the time from uh, Sun Lux, who I'm a big fan of. And you start dreaming up what this record's going to be. What was the dream that you wanted this record to be? Because it it does feel very specific. Yeah, totally. So glad you you hear that. Um, yeah, I think at this stage, what we're four albums in. You have to ask yourself, like, what's the point of a producer? What's the role? There's still a point. I love working with producers, but, you know, I don't just want to pick anyone nowadays. It's got to feel like they can bring something that I haven't yet explored or access a perspective that 
is perhaps difficult for me to get to on my own. So, you know, I would hear Sonlux every night and I'd hear this really angular approach, really metallic and sometimes like kind of violent in the way they'd execute things. And I knew I wanted to make a confrontational record. Um, we were, you know, all going through basically the apocalypse at the time. And I was like, man, we need to wake up, right? We need to wake up to the racial reckonings in our world, the um, health reckonings, the kind of, yeah, mental health epidemic. I mean, there was so much going on. And, you know, how do you find a way to, to execute that, that sort of aggression, but keep it fun, like you said, like not also weigh people down with just another kind of, you know, heavy idea that doesn't leave you with any hope. I think hope is central to my work. Um, so I pitched the idea. I was like, look, I'll bring the hooks, the the, the breathy R&B thing, and, and you give me that backbone, you know, that real backbone. And, you know, I'm attracted to minimalism always, even though I haven't been super successful at achieving it. It's like, I feel like I'm such a maximalist in the way I make music. But as always, you're attracted to the opposite, right? And I knew that we could get closer to minimalism if I chose a producer like him who's so curated with his sounds. Like, he crafts them you know and and if you if you can nail three or four incredibly you know iconic feelings or or synthesizer sounds or drum approaches you can't afford to just be very um yeah like simple in your approach and let the vocal just tell the whole story so that was the aim with the record um we'll see you know if we achieved it <laughs> with how people receive the record but I'm really proud of it, man. I, I I love the record. I like I I bump it myself, and I'm like hell yeah. <laughs> so that's always a good sign if the artist is really feeling it. I think that's a real achievement because you know sometimes you get to the end of this process and you really can't stand listening to the tracks anymore. What's well, it's interesting the way you talk about you know the the way you go for things. Like I, I've heard you say too, like um you know wanting to make it more dangerous. You use words like dangerous. Uh, when you come to it, I mean, even when you and, and we'll talk talk about the 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 podcast you've been doing uh, later too with with playing with fire. I hear you talking about that too. Like, there's this element of danger that you seek in your music. What what is that attraction? Because as you said, you're still making a pop album. You know, there there are still the bangers there. Mm. Well, maybe it's an attraction to chaos because I think chaos is kind of this primordial like state. Um, and and. I like chaos because then it allows me room to create order because I'm also very ordered. Like, you know what I mean? I love to like put things into place and like I'll sit comping a drum take forever and like, you know, wrangling, taming it into submission. But first there needs to be chaos. There needs to be a jumping into the unknown um, to access something, that elixir of authenticity, you know, that very human slight kind of fear in your eyes but then you just go for it right that I like to think of a reckoning as like the four seconds before you react right you know that moment right before you're either going to explode at someone or you're going to peacefully you know um, approach so that four seconds what does that sound like that hovering that just right before you take the plunge I love that you know I love that and yeah I don't know where the attraction comes from I think it's continuing to like push myself I just don't want to get bored um and I'm trying to access something in me that I haven't seen before and we'll be right back right after this 
Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you to get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Kimbra. Talking about reckoning and and naming the album a reckoning because I, I guess when I've listened to your lyrics, you know, they've always seemed biographical as much as I perceive them anyway. And and that's always up for debate when you're the listener and everything. But, but you know, as we talk, I, I guess what I'm getting to is if this is so much about facing yourself and those moments that you're getting at, what makes it different than how you've written in the past, if at all? No, I've been more whimsical in the past. I think I've, I've played with, it's always been honest, but you know, I think I've liked to dance around the story a bit, create a fantasy, you know, it's been a bit of an escapism. If you look at a song like Settle Down, for example, it's like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fantasy. It's a sort of, it's a question, a hovering question, but not really a landing on what, it's not really a, an assertion of who I am. It's a, there's a searching, right? There's a, I mean, obviously like in your twenties, you don't know what the hell you're doing and you're working out who you are through your music. Now, I wouldn't say I've landed, no one's landed, but I am, you know, 32. I mean, I'm, it's like I've, I've un I understand womanhood in a different way. I understand sexuality in a different way. I understand my role in the political climate. For a long time, I was very like, I'm a New Zealander, you know, what do I have to say about American culture? And, you know, I'll just stay on the sidelines and make my sort of escapist music. But I think there's something grounded about the new work where there's a boldness, there's an assertion of who I am and who I'm not. You know, there's there's songs on the record like <laughs> about Los Angeles and like how I tried to fit in with that crowd and how it's like, it's just not my, you know, it's just, 
there's a certain type of guy from LA that, you know, I had fun with it. And I was like, it's just not for me. You know, it's like, I wouldn't have had the courage to maybe make those sorts of statements when I was young or, or talk about, you know, have a song like gun, which is like really about the oppression of, you know, men in the music industry that I've had to sort of really, you know, wrestle with and find my confidence to say things like that. So yes, it's always been biographical. You're right. But I think there's, each time I make a record, I'm learning to look people in the eye more rather than sort of, you know, gesticulate with my hands and distract and sort of, you know, over here, over here. It's like really getting, it's really getting real now. And I love that, you know, it's like the beauty of art is it can just kind of stare you in the face and say things that you're a bit scared to say to yourself, you know? Well, I, that I guess leads in really well to that opening track because the opening track, you get Save Me. Which, you know, in itself, those two words together, you know, however that, whether it's a plea, you know, whether it's a prayer, you know, whether it's a statement, whatever, uh, I guess the easy way to ask it is how did you want that to speak for what the rest of the record, like, how does that set up the record for you? Yeah, well, it's all about setting a tone, right? I think of like the gong in meditation that just kind of like settles the room. Um, And the tone for a reckoning needed to be vulnerability first like I can't go preach to people about what I think a reckoning is if I'm not gonna I don't believe in that I I, I'm a big believer in shared vulnerability you know if you open up to me I'll open up to you um so I think save me was like here's a bunch of stuff that I really want to say about myself but it's true just gonna say it I wrote it for, for for a therapy session my therapist said just say the things that really sort of unsexy to say, you know, I lack the courage to take care of myself. Whew, no one, no woman in this era, who, you know, where it's all about empowerment, no woman wants to admit that to themselves, you know? So if I could start from that place and then come in with replay and be like, oh, you thought you knew? No, no, no. We're going into the neuroses now. We're going into the, the darkness and we'll emerge. We'll come, you know, I mean, it's always... There's always hope at the end, but yeah, I, I really like that you picked up on that because that's exactly what I'm trying to do is with the opening of an album is set a tone um, and, a, and, a, and a prayer. I love that, like a, a prayer for the rest of the record and, and a safety that you're not going into this alone. You know, we're going into it together. It's a relationship, you know, the listener and the artist, we're, we're entering into a relationship together. If, if it is a journey in that way, uh, does it continue throughout? Because, and, and, when you get to that, the end of the album, you know, you'll have, I don't want to fight. And when I think of that in relation to save me, you know, again, the way, the directions you can go as far as how you take that in a resignment almost, you know, the way you talk about meditation and just giving in. I mean, do you think of it in that way or is that where do we end on the record? You nailed it. I mean, that's it. It's like, there's a surrender, right? There's a, Ah, there's a you know a fight at the core of the record there's a protest there's a like resilience that's building but then there's also this kind of like yeah I mean resignation sounds like there's no hope but really but in some ways that is a surrender and a letting go right to say I just I just don't want to fight anymore I just don't I'm done with the conflict um who am you know the lyric who am I kidding you know I just keep letting you down there's sort of like a feeling of you're always going to lose in some ways with with violence and with aggression you know the thing about anger and rage is it's a very important life force like it's 
it's we wouldn't have so much of the world we have now without the anger of you know of certain people fighting back but when it's misdirected like it's basically what's wrong with our entire world is like anger um i go so far to say probably mainly in men that hasn't you know but also for women like we don't have a lot of good examples we have the hysterical manic woman you know crazy that's sort of all we get we don't get a lot of healthy really um grounded controlled channeling of anger so i think conflict was central to the exploration of this album and you know you get maddening versions of it right like and then you get these really like yeah just just kind of contemplative reflective letting go and that's where the record ends and and you know I don't think a record should be tied up with a bow I think it should always leave you know um the the listener open to what's next um but we're looking at anger from lots of different sides I think that's the key and we're looking at vitality because anger is also linked to sexuality and like you know life force and and energy right so I think every song is a is a little portal into that and and yeah the track listing order is absolutely intentional like I'll never give up the album format I never just so important to me really happy to hear that I mean that's I mean that's I that's how I grew up listening to it so of course that's what I want out of the experience I don't want to say expect it but it's what I hope for out of the experience and that's definitely what I get on this I mean the ellipses at the end there uh I do love that because you know the story is never finished and um you know and 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 as much as we're talking about the heavier side of this you know there is the fun part as I mentioned at the beginning too uh LA type as you brought up I mean that's such a fun sound that's happening Mm -hmm. in that uh you know and and that groove and then when we get the uh, GLT is that that the name of the the song yeah are you calling someone out in that like are you are you calling someone specific out in that or is this an idea of a person well, the voice message that you hear on the intro and outro is consensual. I didn't just, <laughs> that, that yeah, uh, but definitely calling people out. I mean, I think that's like part of growing up and, you know, realizing that it's okay to have strong preference and it's okay to like be, be brash and strong and courageous about like what you don't like. I always say to young producers, um, work out what you don't like and it'll lead you to what you do. Right. So like instead of thinking about just having really great taste and preference for different things, like work out what you really don't like, what you really that is not me. You know, that's a really strong decision, I think, when we do that. And it takes us confidence to do that, because especially as women as well, we're people pleasing. We don't want to like I don't want to make anyone feel, you know, but girl like that is just like a she's sassy, man. You know, she's like, um, you want to put me in this box? You want to put me in that box? You want to like, no, no, no. Um, it's it's and it's so fun to take on these characters because like I don't have that sort of confidence every day but in that song I sure as hell do you know when I play that live I am that girl and I think that's how we we vicariously live through music we hear because we need it for our own courage <laughs> like we don't have that on our own sometimes that's why Beyonce is Beyonce because we all need that inner Beyonce right <laughs> we need it and we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Kimbra. And I want to quickly hit on the podcast too, because how does that work? Do, do you find that what you're seeking, whatever that is, 
in Playing With Fire, and that's the new podcast title. Do you find that it works in conjunction with what's going on with a reckoning? Yeah, because it's the facing ourselves in conversation. It's the same thing. Um, I've always been like in love with first impressions. When I worked on my record, The Golden Echo, I used to bring Thundercat in and Bilal, all kinds of artists, and I'd just play them the song and they had to, they had to write their part on the spot. They didn't get to listen to it before because I knew that the first thing they'd do was going to be spontaneous, unanalyzed, you know? And in the same way, I had all these artists and these people that I wanted to meet. And I was going out to LA and I was like, why don't I just bring a USB mic and record us meeting, you know? So a lot of those conversations are the first time I'm coming sort of face to face with this person that I admire. And then other ones are, you know, longtime collaborators like Jacob Collier, who I'm just like, yo, every time we talk, it's so revelatory. We should just be recording this, you know? And spirit is hard to talk about because in my experience, I've always had people be very reductionist or what's the word? Like uh, we just, as soon as anyone talks about anything religious or spiritual, they get labeled. It's like, oh, this person's a, you know, and it's really awful because you don't get the nuance to be able to be like, well, I sort of believe in this, but I'm really deconstructing this. And, you know, and I think I just wanted a really safe space to be able to share what is kind of the driving force of why I make music. You know, I, I make music to touch the transcendent, right? So, and actually it's funny, as you talk to more artists, a lot do, but they won't openly be like, I'm seeking God in my music. Cause you know, it's like a bit of a, you know, it's also a really loaded word. So I was trying to like find another word that could be really inclusive as well. Um, but yeah, when you go there with people, you stop talking about like, oh, how'd you get that hi-hat sound in track four? Like kind of, you know, we have a million podcasts doing that. I was like, tell me a moment that changed your life. And you feel like maybe you broke open the ceiling of human consciousness. I'm way more interested in that. <laughs> I had wondered sort of fly on the wall fan style, you know, are, are, are these the type of conversations that you would find yourself having backstage in, you know, are, are you know, but it doesn't sound like it doesn't, it, it sounds like this is the platform that you're able to get to because that sort of might not exist in the real world. Yeah. I think it was that. I think it was, we're not having enough of these conversations. So let's get really intentional about it. And playing with fire is like, let's ask some hard questions too. Let's, play with that kind of like because it's a really hard topic to talk about because no one has one up on the other we're all guessing about the afterlife about all kinds of things right so I like that democratic kind of like space of like no one can really take the lead here um and how how many platforms do we have to be really humble about just where where we're all at so what have you gotten out of it so far are you able to define that just yet I'm interested in how hard it's quite hard to gauge how a podcast is connecting, isn't it? Because you've kind of, I guess, do you check Instagram comments? It's a bit different. There's not really reviews. And yeah, I just, I found it interesting having a podcast. People are like, how's it going? I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, I think good. <laughs> but um, I always knew that it was going to be like a very much a little side. Obviously, don't have a name for being a podcaster. But I'm just looking for diverse ways to express myself, to stay sane, honestly. Like, it gets really hard to just work on music. And I've done this professionally since I was about 14. I got signed when I was 17. I haven't done anything else, you know? So it's like, um, that's my fulfillment, is that I get to, like, have another mode 
of expression. And honestly, if it just makes someone else feel a little less like they're wandering out in the desert and that there's other people that think like them, like that's fine. I don't need it to blow up. Like I just want it to be a friend because that's what podcasts are to me. It's just like, you know, walking to the subway and I'm like, oh, thank God someone else thinks that too. Well, it's exactly what I've loved listening to lately. I mean, these type of conversations, as you said, they don't happen everywhere. So, you know, thanks for thanks for driving this lane right here. Thanks for playing with fire and asking those hard questions. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you connect with it, man. And again, congratulations on a reckoning. This is such a great record. And Kimbra, it's been so much fun talking to you. Thanks for taking the time. You too. And thanks for the thoughtful questions and, and deep dive. I appreciate yeah. it. And my thanks to Kimbra. Again, the new album is called A Reckoning. Big thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Uh, Before you get out of here, I do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. Again, it's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with your favorite artist and discover some new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It's Spotify and Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with... Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. That's Monday through Friday starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots. That's uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. And thanks for the thoughtful questions and and deep dive. I appreciate it. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.